They're always adjusting the meds, adjusting the meds. Nobody's ever asked her this question. The question is a very simple question. What are you eating? So my mom just described the food that we always have on stock. Cereal, frozen pizza, microwave burrito, Diet Coke, stocked. We'd go to Costco and get a whole trunk full of all this stuff, last forever. And we never really had vegetables at home. They were like things that we would buy and then they would grow mold and we would throw them away, try not to touch them. And this is just what I thought food was. This is what we all thought food was. It was so convenient, right? So this doctor says, throw all that out. Anything with a label, anything with a wrapper, anything with a brand, throw it out. You're only going to eat food that grows out of the ground for 30 days. And my mom was like, I don't know how to do that. We don't know how to do that. But she did it. Threw all that stuff away. And the life started coming back to my mother. Color started coming back to her face. Her hair started getting thicker and shinier and healthier. And she started laughing again. And she was like, does this mean I can come off the pills? And the doctor that was prescribing the pills was like, I don't know. Be careful with that. And so gradually she started to reduce her meds. Now she's still on some meds now. This is like seven years ago now. But it completely changed her life. And she got healthy. And we started calling her mom again. Hey, everybody. My name is Josh Remini. I am the pharmacist that de-prescribes drugs by giving people health and wellness tips, tricks, hacks to moving their health from maybe not so good to vibrant. Follow along if you're ready to go beyond the pills. All right, everyone. I am extremely pleased to introduce a very dear friend of mine who's also my speaking coach, Majid Like Magic, as he says. Majid is a world traveling father and professional speaker. He is the founder of the Expert Speaker Institute, which I also belong to. And he is the world's only public speaking coach dedicated to functional and integrative medical professionals. Majid Like Magic will help you go from the best kept secret to the go-to person in your field with a signature speech that attracts your ideal client. Brother, friend, Majid, welcome to Beyond the Pills. Josh, it's a pleasure to be here. How can I serve you today? Oh, I asked you and I'm so grateful for you to be on this podcast summit for us because We're moving pharmacists towards wellness. As you know, you've been coaching me for greater part of a year now and talking about what I do and what we're trying to move with the profession forward. And so a big piece of what I think moving pharmacists from that sick care model to that well care model is really getting not only our patients moving in that model, but also our mindsets. And so One of the biggest hurdles that I get all the time that you've been masterful at coaching me with is pharmacists have this money mindset problem, a challenge, if you will, that really we've spent the greater portion of our careers dispensing drugs with a prescription card for a copay and giving out all of our information about that as part of the deal, if you will. But now we're moving towards this model of healthcare where the pills don't pay the bills anymore. We're moving them towards something and we're trying to get our patients moving to a cash-based system, if you will. Supplements, wellness programs, anything that's not billable or not dispensing through insurance is really the new model. And so that's what I teach. That's what we're teaching in this summit. 
And I really wanted to explore this money mindset thing with you because you've really been so beneficial and valuable to me that I felt compelled to put you on this thing so we can help others. Yeah. And kind of moving them over that self-limiting belief that my patients won't pay because that's what I get all the time. So sure. thanks for coming on. I really appreciate yeah. it. And do your magic. Cool. So pharmacists are experiencing a transition from a patient that's used to not paying or paying a very small amount and being supported by insurance, moving them to a model where they're paying perhaps more than they've ever spent on their health. And pharmacists are having some doubt that this is going to work. I don't think my people are going to pay that. Is that what's happening? Yeah, I get through a whole speech on stage in the national pharmacy conventions and stuff and talking to them about supplements and wellness programming. And that's always the thing is like, that's awesome, but my patients won't pay for that. Or I can't get them to do blank. And so putting that value-based proposition and like selling without selling is really a hard concept to bring to them because we're so stuck in our mindset. Yeah, yeah. So I live in Canada where, quote unquote, healthcare is free. And that is the allopathic doctors and the hospital where you sit in the waiting room for sometimes 36 hours before you get seen. And yet there are service providers who offer what I would call high ticket programs, 3,000, 5,000, 10,000, that operate outside of this, quote unquote, free healthcare. And so I know that there are lots of people who won't spend their own money on healthcare. And I know that there are people who are spending money on healthcare. So the first thing is that we sell the way we buy. We sell the way we buy. So the people who are saying, my people won't spend that kind of money, my guess is that they are not spending that kind of money on their own health. The reason I say that I come from a world where I grew up and spending money was considered something that rich people or dumb people do. A smart person will figure out how to do it for free. This is what I learned growing up. A smart person will get a bargain, a discount, get it from the thrift shop, get it at a garage sale. A smart person will learn how to do it from a YouTube video and only people with too much money on their hands or not smart enough spend lots of money on things. This is the paradigm that I grew up with. And so the first time I ever spent $5,000 on myself, my body felt like I was going to die. I was breathing heavy. My heart was pounding. I was sweating. And I did it. And I got the service. It was a mastermind event that I paid money for. $5,000 was the most I ever spent on myself. And then I found out that I didn't die. And that became my high watermark of investing in myself until the opportunity came for me to invest $8,000 and I thought I was going to die. And then I invested $15,000 and then $19,000 and then $30,000. And now I have a whole new paradigm around money. The new beliefs I have around money is investing in myself is smart. Investing in myself makes things easier. It's effective. I get a positive return on investment when I invest in myself. In fact, I've even changed the word, I don't spend money on myself, I invest. Because that word helps me remember that I'm getting a return when I invest. The belief I always get a positive return on investment every time I invest in myself is a belief that I choose to see the world through, and I look for clues to find evidence of that. 
Sometimes it's not immediately obvious. Sometimes the return on investment didn't come in the form that I thought it was going to come or in the timeline that I thought it was going to come. But if I choose to believe that it's there and look for it, I will find evidence. If I also choose to believe that it's my responsibility to get the return on investment when I invest in myself, I will take on that responsibility instead of saying, I spent the money, why isn't it working? So these beliefs and behaviors I need to embody in order for me to expect it of my clients. So that when a client says, $5,000, gosh, that's so expensive. I can say in integrity, no, what's expensive is not getting help. What's expensive is costing your health and costing your family and all the other costs that are going on in your life that you can prevent from solving the problem. So step one is we need to be in integrity with investing in ourselves as a normal behavior. Then we don't say, where are all these people? Where are the kinds of people who spend money like that? They're right here. They're in the mirror. They're right here. It's me. People just like you and me, right? Now, it doesn't have to be the norm for everyone to be investing at that level. In my business, I work to support 80 people. The other 7,999,999,920 people can do whatever they want. So it may be a very rare breed, but those people exist. And the way you know they exist, and this is another thing the people who are telling you, Josh, my people don't spend money like that, is they're just not seeing it. They're not seeing where it's happening. So one of the ways you can serve them, Josh, is to show where it's happening. Here's an example. A guy invested $5,000 in his wellness. Here's the results he got. Here's another example of someone else. They invested $10,000 in their wellness. This guy's a truck driver. This guy's a plumber. This guy works in IT. Like these are normal people, right? They're not special people that exist in some other place that's not your own backyard. Those people are spending that money. So I agree. I think it needs to become normalized in the pharmacist's own life. I invest in myself, and that's part of who I am. It needs to be normalized in what they see so that they are reinforced with the belief that, yeah, this is happening. It's happening more and more every day. Yeah, I think those are huge points because the first piece and the way I looked at it and the way you taught me too is when you're pricing a program, it has to feel good in your heart because if you're asking someone to pay for something that you don't feel good about, they automatically see it. They're going to feel it. They're going to energetically disconnect from you right away. You could sell all the features and the benefits of the world. So I think what I took from that first piece is in a wellness perspective, you have to walk your talk. Like you have to take the supplements. You have to put yourself through programs. Sachin, my other great mentor, he says, become the product of your product. It's like, you have to do that. So I love the way that you put it is like you invest in yourself. Why I'm doing my mentorship or pharmacist is the same thing is let's invest in you. And part of what I love about our mentorship is we put everyone through our program. Like it's part of the package. You just have to go through it. You have to be your first client, number one. And then, you know, we always say the riches are in the niches. And when I talk of pharmacy, like the average pharmacy probably has about 4,000 customers, but you only probably need 3% of those customers to follow you through this path. That's why I think a lot of pharmacists get confused. It's like, we always want to be everything for everybody because they come in with a piece of paper and it could be any ailment in the world. And we're supposed to solve that for them, right? Well, when we're talking about wellness, we're moving into this space that says, not all those people are going to follow you, but the right ones will. 
And when you have the right person that's a right fit for the program, once you get them into that value system and once you give them the benefit that they're receiving, like you said, the results, the money's never the issue because the value superseded the cost of the energy and the money that was created. So I love those two steps. Yeah. That's very important. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So one of the so ways we talk to me people... one more thing, because you're golden on this. And every time we record something, I always want to go back and listen to it is talk me through just a short sale with somebody like talking them through a process that says, you know, I always say, if you don't tell them something that, you know, will benefit them, you're doing them a disservice. And so talk to me a little bit about how you talk to someone when they're objecting. So let's talk about those objections that we overcome. Sure. Sure. So objections are what happened in the customer journey right before the sale. And so let's back up a little bit on the customer journey and how we got here. Okay. So marketing is communication that creates clients. And so your marketing might be educational, explaining to people why they have the symptoms that they have, some of the things they can do, they're getting to know you. And then at some point, a light bulb goes off that they say, I think I might be interested. I'd like to explore this a little further. They click on something. Maybe they schedule a call with you. Now they're on a call. When they get on a call with you, you remind them that they booked the call with you. So you ask them, so what compelled you to book this call? And they remember, this is not you trying to sell them. It's them trying to figure out what to do. And then we show them two paths. We show them the path where things get better and we show them the path where things get worse. The way we do that is you say, how would you rate your health on a scale of one to 10? 10 is perfect health, superhuman, and one is you're nearly dead. And they say, I'm probably at a six. Okay, why didn't you rate yourself higher? That question is gonna get them to tell you what's the pain. Well, you know, I'm a little bit overweight. I've been tired a lot. They're gonna tell you their conditions, right? Okay, so if we could wave a magic wand and fix those problems, what do you see your life looking like with those problems solved? And this question very specifically is looking for a visual, what does it look like? So they can see it, let them envision what they want. And so they say, well, I'm at my ideal weight, I'm full of energy, I don't have the brain fog anymore, my sore, achy joints aren't bothering me anymore. Okay, cool. How would that feel if that was your reality, say, six months from today. That would feel amazing. Cool. So now we can see it and we can feel it and we're there. So the sales conversation is to help them see what they want and then get in touch with the pain of what they're experiencing now so that they can take an action, make an investment, start to make some choices and changes so they can get what they want. So the way we get them to connect with what they don't want is we say, so let's say we don't work together and six months goes by and all these problems you just mentioned to me are still there, or maybe some of them have even gotten worse. What would it look like six months from today if you just don't make any changes? Then they describe to you the pain and the suffering. And so how would that feel if that was your reality six months from today? Well, it would feel pretty crappy. Who else besides you would be impacted six months from today? if you still haven't done anything about this. And now they start to see that their inaction is actually impacting other people. Well, it's impacting my kids. It's impacting my spouse. It's impacting my work. What's it costing you every day, every week, every month for you to not do anything? What's it costing you financially? What's it costing you energetically? 
What's it costing you in relationships? So all these questions are designed to get them to feel the pain because we're really good as humans to numb the pain, avoid the pain through all sorts of creative strategies of pain avoidance. So these questions get them in touch with the pain and feel the pain. So how would that feel? Now, questions are very effective in a sales conversation because a question gets them to tell you their truth and they don't need to analyze or judge or be skeptical about the words that are coming out of their own mouth because they are a very reliable source to themselves. However, if you were trying to convince them, hey, you know, if you don't do anything and things get worse, this is going to negatively impact your marriage and it's going to negatively impact your kids and it's going to negatively impact your job and you might get fired. If you say that, they're thinking, oh, this guy's just trying to sell me something. So we ask questions that lead them to the realizations that they need to have in order to make a decision to improve their life. So we're showing them the two paths, the path where it gets better by making choices and investments and working with you and making changes, and the path where it gets worse, where they do nothing. Now it comes to the decision, the investment, which brings us to your original point about objections. So we say, okay, so which one of those two paths do you prefer the one where we make some changes and work together or the one where we don't do anything and things get worse? And they say, well, of course, I prefer the one where we make some changes and things get better. Okay, cool. There are certain requirements I have in order to know that we're a good fit to work together. At this point, based on what you told me your goals are, I know that I can help you, but I only work with people who are ready to work now. There's nothing I can do for people who are not ready. So let me ask you, is this a now thing for you or is this more of a later thing for you? Would you like to put this off by six months or 12 months or would you like to address this stuff now? So they need to say now because anybody who says, I really want to do this later, that's just a way of saying no. They just can't bring themselves to say no. So they say yes later. So they say now. You say, are you sure now? Why now? Why not wait a year? And let them tell you why now. Remember questions, right? So they're going to say, well, now, because, you know, I just stepped on the scale and I saw a number I didn't like. Why now? Because it's the end of the year. I'm setting goals and this is a goal for me. It's a priority. Why now? Well, because my kids are starting to get older and they're looking at me as an example and I want to be there for them. Okay. So let them tell you because people buy for their reasons and not your reasons. They buy for their own reasons. Okay. So repeat it back to them. Okay. So now is the time for you because this reason, this reason. Did I hear you correctly? Cool. Okay, great. So why do you want to work with me? You could work with any practitioner. Why me? Let them tell you. Oh, because I've been following you for a year, because you're my pharmacist, because it's convenient, because I like you, because I like your vibe, because you're a dad. Okay, cool. So I only work with people who want to work with me. I only work with people who want to work now. And I only work with people who are willing to make an investment of time and money. Can you make an investment of an hour a week on your health for the next eight weeks? And by the way, even when things get busy, even when things get crazy, I need you to be committed to an hour a week. Can you do that? Yes, I can do that. Okay. Let me know why is this important enough for you to make a priority so that I can count on your commitment to an hour a week. And it might be two hours a week or it might be four hours a week, whatever your program requires. Let them sell you on why they're committed. I'm telling you, man, this is important to me. I'm doing it for my kids. I'm doing it for me. I'm doing it because I know that if I don't do this, my marriage is going to fall apart. Okay, cool. So they're telling you why it's important. Why now? Why they're willing to invest the time? Okay, great. Now, the final thing is I need to know that you're willing to commit financially. 
So let's see if this even makes sense for you financially. How much more money do you think you would make as a result of being in better health? Do you think you'd get a raise at your job? Do you think you'd be able to generate more income? So if you're an entrepreneur, this is an easy thing. Entrepreneurs will say, yeah, I see myself making an extra 10 grand a month. So I go, okay, an extra 10 grand a month, that's $120,000 a year over five years. That's $600,000. Cool. How much money would you be saving every month with your health better? Less money spending on this, less money spending on that. Maybe you're spending money on all sorts of things because of these problems, right? Okay, so you're saving money, you're making more money. How much time would you save every month if your health was better? How much more energy would you have? So add up time saved, money saved, and more money earned. And multiply that out by five years. So the return on investment financially between time saved and the way you turn time saved into money is you say, what's your time worth to you? $50 an hour, $100 an hour. So if you're saving four hours a week, that's 16 hours a month, $100 an hour, that's $1,600 a month saved in time. In a year, that's pull out the calculator, 12 times $1,600. In five years, multiply that by five, add that to your money saved, your money earned. Now we've got $850,000 is your return on investment over the next five years. So what do you think would be a fair investment today to get a return of $850,000 over the next five years? So this is the last step. And you're applying logic and math to what is ultimately an emotional decision. You're just helping them make sense of it. And now you've got a huge number so that when you say your program is $12,000 or $6,000 or $2,000, it's like, yeah, if I invest $12,000 today and make $850,000 in the next five years, that makes sense. But we make decisions emotionally and justify with logic. Now, they want to say yes but they're scared. So they say, I need to think about it. They say, I need to talk to my husband about it. They say it's too expensive. And so there are ways to respond to each of these that are graceful and helpful. Let's start with the mindset of objection handling. So the mindset in a sales conversation is not that your job is to close the sale, collect the payment, no matter what. That's not your job. Your job is to help them make the right decision. And there are four choices. Choice number one is do nothing. What do nothing usually sounds like is, I totally want to do it. Just let's circle back in a month. That's what do nothing sounds like. Do it yourself is option number two. You know what? Thanks for this conversation. I'm going to read your book. I'm going to listen to your podcast. I'm going to watch your YouTube videos. Let's see if I can do it myself. That's option number two. So option one, do nothing. Option two, do it yourself. Option three, spend money on a different solution. No, I don't want to do a $6,000 wellness program. I'm going to do a $30,000 liposuction surgery and a tummy tuck. Okay, that's option number three. And your job is to just illuminate the pros and cons of each option. And option number four is they hire you. For the people who are a right fit, right time, that's option number four is a yes, and that's a sale. And everyone else, you're guiding them professionally and respectfully to the best option for them. Right. Mm -hmm. So now they say it's too expensive. I have a course called Selling with Heart, Josh, and I would be happy to share that course with anybody who reaches out to me personally. You can send me an email at majid at expertspeaker.com. I used to sell this course at $7,000. Love to give it to you guys as a gift. 
I've got another course gift I'm going to give you, Josh, is the public speaking for holistic practitioners. That'll be somewhere here clickable. I'll send you a link to the sales course as well. The reason I want to give you that sales course is there's a section just on objection handling. And there's a number of phrases. And when I learned these phrases, it allowed me to go from feeling like I needed to come up with some kind of response on the spot to allowing myself to practice and rehearse and practice and rehearse a response so that I can stay grounded in my own nervous system. Because what happens when someone objects is like, I take it personally. I'm like, oh, they don't like me. And we lose the grounded container that we're supposed to be holding for our prospective client here. So by practicing and rehearsing, I don't need to think about what I need to say. It's just come straight to mind. So let's start with, I need to think about it. What I usually say is, that's interesting that you say you need to think about it. It tells me something. It tells me that part of you wants to say yes, and part of you is not sure yet. Tell me about the part of you that wants to say yes. And then they'll tell you all the reasons why they do want to buy and then I'll ask them, so now tell me about the party that's not sure yet. And what I'm trying to figure out is, is it a budget issue? Is it a trust issue? Is it a timing issue? Normally, people say, I need to think about it. You say, okay, well, let me know when you're done thinking about it, right? Another way to handle think about it is, okay, cool. Would you like to think about it for two months, two weeks, or two days? And they'll give you an answer. Well, two days is probably fine. You can say, listen, whether you think about it for two months or think about it for two weeks or think about it two days, you're going to be thinking about one of three things. Can I share with you what those three things are? They say, sure. You're going to be thinking, is this the right product for me? You're going to be thinking, is this the right price for me? Or you're going to be thinking about, is this the right person for me? Which one of those three things are you not sure about? Is it the product, the price, or the person? Me being the person that you'd be working with. And then they'll tell you. They'll say, well, actually, it's the price. And you go, okay, so if I can make the price an affordable payment plan for you, would that solve things for you? And they might say yes. So now you've gone from, I need to think about it, to, oh, I didn't know you had a payment plan. Okay. So that's the, I need to think about it objection. The next common one is, I got to talk to X. I got to talk to my husband. I got to talk to God. I got to talk to someone else. I don't have the authority to buy now, one thing you can do is at the beginning of a conversation, you can preemptively determine if this is going to happen by saying, is there anybody besides you that needs to be involved in this conversation to make your decision? They say, no, nope, it's just me. I go, great. So at the end of the conversation, if I feel like I can help you and you want to work with me, do we need to ask anyone else's permission or you have the authority to say yes? I have the authority to say yes. Okay, great. Now, before we get into the whole diagnostic here, if I know that I can help you and you know that you want to work with me, I'm going to ask you to make a financial commitment today. Does that work for you? So all those questions come at the beginning of a conversation to get people realizing, okay, this is a decision conversation. This isn't a brain picking conversation. This isn't an info session. This isn't a free coaching call. This is a decision conversation that ends with a payment if the decision is yes. So those questions are designed to frame up the conversation at the beginning so that we have less objections at the end. You don't want to get to the end of a call and someone says, oh, I forgot to mention I have no money and I have no intention of spending anything. And people get themselves in these situations before they get on a call. They're like, no matter what he says, I don't care what he says. I don't care what he says. I'm not buying. I'm not buying. I don't care what he says. I'm not buying. Yeah. Right. And you can eliminate those before they ever schedule the call by presenting your price, by having language in your application that this is for serious people that are ready to get started, that are ready to invest in coaching, that are willing to invest X number of dollars. This is not an info session. This is not a free coaching call, right? 
So the I need to talk about it with somebody else is you say, well, if that somebody else said, no, don't do it, what are you going to do? And they'll say, oh, well, I'm going to do it anyway. You go, great, then do it anyway. Or you can say, if they were sitting next to you right now and they heard the whole conversation, you turn to them and you say, what do you think? And they looked at you and they said, if you want to do it, do it. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. What would you say? Would you want to do it? Yes. Now, if your spouse is anything like my spouse, they probably know you're having this conversation and they probably support whatever decision you make. And let's not burden them with the burden of the decision. Let's assume they support you. You agree? Fair enough. So that's how you can help them because I need to talk to my husband is usually a, I'm not sure and I don't know why, but I want to get off the call, right? So identifying objections for what they really are, which is fear and uncertainty, they're asking themselves, is this really going to work? And is it really going to work for me? So does this really work? You get to show them how it works in your marketing with case studies and stories. Is this going to work for me? comes out when you ask them questions about how do I know you're going to show up? How do I know you're going to make this a priority? How do I know you're not going to quit on me halfway through? That's getting them to answer the question, is this going to work for me? Which is really, am I going to show up? So you get them to answer that question themselves by asking them, how do I know you're going to show up? How do I know you're not going to quit halfway through? How do I know you're going to dedicate two hours a week to this? So that's a little bit on the customer journey and objection handling. All golden because I really like the pieces like other trainings I've gone through is like you want to get the no up front, right? You don't want to go through your whole thing to the end where they're like, yeah, thanks for your time. But no, right. It's like you're asking those questions and you're getting to that emotion. Like you said, getting to their emotional space versus their analytical brain that's always been serving and protecting them, right? It's price. Will it work? It's like, no, this really can help. This technique can also work on anything that you're trying to sell somebody that you know can give them value, even like a supplement. You can talk about these little questions and they're like, oh, I really need to think about it. What do you mean you need to think about it? Like you get into those things and I've always used a nugget. It's like, if you were my mother, this is what I'd give you. And all of a sudden they're like, oh, he really cares because he would give it to his family member, right? That's always served me well. So I love that and I love, Spinning the positive questions, like you said, it's like you're moving the money piece into how much can you save or how much can you make or how much more productive are you going to be in your life versus this widget or this program or this thing costing me money that I don't particularly have a budget for. Because a lot of times we talk to patients, they've never really put a budget on their own health. They put a budget on their sick care, like what are the, what does it cost me to go to the doctor and the prescriptions? but they don't put a budget on this piece. So I love how when we ask those questions and those conversations is you're spinning it towards what are you gaining from this experience versus convincing them to spend the money? Because I agree, I think health and wellness saves you time, saves you money. It's not the opposite, but that's our perception. So I loved how you went in that direction. That's awesome. Yeah. So when you get to those new mindsets yourself and your own journey, you can share those very respectfully and gently with phrases like, in my experience, what I have found is investing in your health saves time, saves money, doesn't cost money, doesn't cost time. So in my experience, what I have found. Yeah. And when you're investing your time and your money in your health, you're obviously hiring people that you know, like, and trust. 
that have been a few steps ahead of you. This is why in my mentoring with pharmacists, I put them through wellness programming. I always do the exercise with our staff and pharmacists, you know, draw a line down a paper and go sick care or health care. All right, pill for the ill approach to medicine, reactive medicine. Then you go to well care, it's the opposite. And we're not used to that in our healthcare. Like you could smoke, be fat, and you could be a doctor and tell patients to eat right and exercise, right? Here's the pill. But in the well side, you have to really do the work yourself in order to get people to also. So that's why I say in my experience, it's because you're your own testimonial or someone in your family is a testimonial. I got my wife off of migraine medicines through lifestyle and supplementations and let me show you how. And so these are the real big shifting in our mentality as we move our practices and our lives into that wellness model from that healthcare model that's really just that reactive model. So I think that's super important for people to understand. I'd love to share the story that introduced me to wellness and encourage other people how they can do the same. May I do that? Yes. This is the perfect piece. Yeah. So anybody in the wellness field has a story. Mm -hmm. There's a moment where they realized maybe for the first time that there's a better way. And as we're out here sharing our knowledge and getting on podcasts and giving presentations, we may have audience members where the light bulb is going off right that moment. So this is when it happened for me. I remember being at home, sitting on my blue couch in my living room at mom and dad's house. And mom walks in the door and she's got a bottle of lithium pills. And she said, well, the doctor says I have bipolar manic depression and I'm supposed to take these. And I remember my dad asking, how long do you have to take those for? And she realized she didn't ask that question. And she looked at the bottle and it says refill when it's empty. She said, I don't know. So she started taking these lithium pills and very quickly her personality changed from bright and laughter and full of energy and a little crazy to really like nobody's home, kind of like staring in the distance. And I remember seeing her sitting on the couch staring for hours. Then she started getting side effects. So she got more pills for the side effects. And then she got new side effects from the new pills. So she got more pills for the new side effects from the new pills. And now she's got a whole section of the kitchen counter dedicated to pill organization. I take these ones in the morning. I take these ones with food. I take these ones in the evening. So she's got all these pills. Still, there's no sign of ever getting off the pills. And still, it's like nobody's home. And I remember to cope with this, that I stopped calling her mom. And I started calling her Vicky, which is her name. But that was my way of being like distancing myself and kind of mourning the loss of mom. This went on for years. And then one day, my mother's friend walks into the local coffee shop in Carbondale, Illinois, and sees a poster on the wall, which is an advertisement for a free workshop that says, free workshop, the gut-brain connection, how the food you eat affects your mental health. And so my mother's friend sits in a presentation of an integrative holistic practitioner who talks about whole foods, and she remembers hearing health, mental health, bipolar, 
manic depression. She goes home and she calls my mom and says, I heard them say bipolar manic depression. You should maybe book an appointment with this person. So my mom books an appointment with this person. And at the time we were calling those kind of doctors like alternative medicine or woo woo people and these vegetarians and whatever, you know. And this lady asked my mom a question that none of her doctors have ever asked her. And my mom's been to a psychiatrist, a psychologist, a family doctor, an emergency room doctor, a psych ward where they give her pills and take away her phone. Like my mom has checked herself into a psych ward. They're always adjusting the meds, adjusting the meds. Nobody's ever asked her this question. The question is a very simple question. What are you eating? So my mom just described the food that we always have on stock, cereal, frozen pizza, microwave burrito, Diet Coke, stocked. We'd go to Costco and get a whole trunk full of all this stuff, last forever. And we never really had vegetables at home. They were like things that we would buy and then they would grow mold and we would throw them away, try not to touch them. And this is just what I thought food was. This is what we all thought food was. It was so convenient, right? So this doctor says, Throw all that out. Anything with a label, anything with a wrapper, anything with a brand, throw it out. You're only going to eat food that grows out of the ground for 30 days. And my mom was like, I don't know how to do that. We don't know how to do that. But she did it. Threw all that stuff away. And the life started coming back to my mother. Color started coming back to her face. Her hair started getting thicker and shinier and healthier. And she started laughing again. And she was like, does this mean I can come off the pills? And the doctor that was prescribing the pills was like, I don't know, be careful with that. And so gradually she started to reduce her meds. Now she's still on some meds now. This is like seven years ago now. But it completely changed her life. And she got healthy. And we started calling her mom again. And I learned what a vegetable was. And I learned what an organic thing is. And my children now have only eaten organic foods with the occasional junk food. It started my own health journey and it inspired me to dedicate my practice of public speaking coaching to integrative and holistic healthcare professionals because this one person that I never met, whose presentation I never saw, that my mother didn't even see the presentation, changed my mother's life, changed my life, changed the life of my children. And this is why I say to practitioners, please give a presentation. You never know who's in the room. You never know who they're going to go home and call and whose life you can change. So I tell this story, and this is kind of like my origin story of Majid, the public speaking coach to holistic and integrative wellness practitioners. And everybody has a story like this. Anybody who's in the wellness space, there was a moment where you found out, oh, so like going to the doctor and getting pills and not changing anything about your diet or your life is not really the best solution. There's other solutions like eating better and living better. Hmm, what does this mean? And there's no going back. It's like the genie's out of the bottle. And so as we get to educate people through our marketing, people are going to start to realize, oh, so just waiting until I'm sick and getting pills and thinking that's going to fix me isn't the best idea. There are other ways, better ways. So it's important that we find that moment. And when I'm coaching someone, I say, where were you exactly the moment you realized that there's a thing called wellness? And were you sitting or were you standing? In what room? And that sitting or standing question is a really interesting question because it brings them back to the exact moment. And they go, I know when it was. 
your story, Josh, is unforgettable where you're sitting there getting pumped up with yellow ooze on chemotherapy and it spills and the people come and they don't want to touch that stuff. They got a hazmat suit to clean up the stuff that they're literally pumping in your body. And you go, wait a minute. That's a very unforgettable moment. It was. And you drew that out, which I really appreciated. I preach this all the time, which I think is a lot of the barriers in our pharmacies is when our team members don't have that wellness journey that the buy-in is so much harder. You can't pharmacist wellness. You have to become the product. And so that's why I think it's really important. Thank you for sharing your story because it's really important for everybody to have their own wellness journey prior to practicing it yourself. In any other field, I don't know much like in healthcare, it just doesn't matter. I want to be a doctor and cut people's legs off and sew them back on. Like you don't do that yourself, but the wellness journey is so important from that perspective. We all have one. Have you ever met a wellness practitioner that didn't have a journey or someone closely attached them? It's never. If I did, they would be out of integrity. It's like they heard about it or learned about it from a book. Or they're not passionate. It's all profit. Like, I just want to make money on people that want to make, and that's not me. Like, I don't work with anybody where they're not passionate driven people over profits. So that's amazing. I'm mindful of the time. I want to wrap this up with a little bow. Perfect. So let's wrap up. So we covered money mindset. We covered selling, high ticket, and we covered storytelling. So... If you're listening to this and you're a practitioner and you're not experienced with investing in yourself at higher dollar levels, consider that part of your training so that you can know how it feels to get world-class service and you can know how it feels to invest deeply in yourself knowing that it's the best investment you've ever made. If you're a pharmacist and you're considering transitioning into more of a wellness provider so that you can improve the impact you're having on your community and increase your profits, you should definitely hire Josh. He's not cheap and he's worth every penny. There's your high ticket investment opportunity right now. So the money mindset is leaving that one, it's just money. Two, when you invest big bucks in yourself, you see the return, embody that, be a practitioner of those beliefs. Selling is about helping people make the right decision, guiding them through, here's what it looks like if we solve the problem together, and here's what it looks like if we don't do anything and things get worse. You get them to see those things through questions. And finally, objection handling. I'm going to provide you with my Selling with Heart course. Josh is apparently helping or offering this course to his whole team to learn how to sell and understand how to respond to certain objections. And then the storytelling, bring them back into the moments so that can see it and feel it so that they can feel connected to you because they're having their own moment of realizing, oh, maybe wellness could work for me. Any final words, Josh? No, I'm always in awe with the way that you do the journey and walk people through so many magical nuggets because all these things can be implemented directly today. Like you can do this, you can move through it. So I really appreciate that. We are going to post the Selling with Heart and the mini course that you've provided, which is massively valuable. So I want to make sure everyone takes advantage of that and they can download your book if they want. They can get your book for free. So that helped me tremendously. Even if you don't public speak, it's a really good, it's how you speak to people, not how you speak in arenas. And I think that's really important. So brother, I really appreciate you. You're an awesome mentor of mine. Thank you so much for doing this. I know that this gave tremendous value to everybody. My pleasure, Josh. And on behalf of my mom, 
And on behalf of all the people who are out there who are going to receive a phone call because of one of your interviews, we all thank you for leading the industry towards wellness. Thank you. Thanks, brother. Stay well. Thanks for listening to the Beyond the Pills podcast. You can find Josh on LinkedIn and Facebook at Josh Rimini and on TikTok at Beyond the Pills. And if you enjoyed today's episode, we'd be forever grateful if you left a review wherever you get your podcasts. If you know somebody who wants to go beyond the pills, send them this episode. If you've got any specific questions or ideas for future episodes, reach out to Josh and send him a message. Thanks again for being a part of the Beyond the Pills community. We'll see you next time.